0: Thank you for downloading the One Church Gloucester podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at OneChurch, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com.
1: We have been in this series since the middle of July, I think. So yeah, this is week six and the final week and our prayer has been... For this series, that you will um, have confidence in living out who you are in Jesus. So, this whole series is not, is about like your identity, not just you and what you have and what you can do in and of yourself, but who you are with Jesus. No longer me, myself, and I, but me, myself, and the great I am, God with you every single day in everything that you do. And um, today, we are going to wrap up this series with a thought that your identity is designed for unity, not isolation. Your identity is designed for unity, not isolation. And the key verse that we're going to use is found in 1 Peter chapter 2. So you can find this if you want, open it up on your app if you want to follow along. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, and it says this. As you come to him, that's Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Priesthood. Now, in this verse, um, Paul is describing us like bricks, like stones. And um, the thing about this brick is that it is not intended to remain a lonely brick. Uh, this brick, uh, in and of itself, if it remain, remains alone, it is only fulfilling a part of what it was designed for. Because this brick was designed to be part of a bigger structure, to complete a house, to complete a building, to complete something that is far greater than itself alone. And by describing us like bricks, Peter is saying that you are not designed to remain an isolated lonely little brick, but that you are designed for a greater purpose. You are designed to be part of something bigger, a bigger picture that is greater than you could ever achieve in and of yourself. You are designed for unity, not isolation. And um, Peter describes us as Christians being living stones. The fact that we have been made alive because of Jesus, because of how he has saved us, redeemed us, given us grace beyond what we could ever deserve. Anybody thankful for that this morning? Yes. Amen. Um, And how we are made alive. We are living stones and we are built into a spiritual house. This house where God's presence dwells, where his spirit lives and is at work. We are being built into the church. And so Peter describes that we are not designed to be alone. Our identity is not just to be in isolation, but to be united into a place where his presence can dwell. And this place, this house called One Church, without you, it is just a building. It is just four walls and some activities in the week. But with you, with these living stones gathered and united together, it is a place where the spirit of God is actively at work. A place where we see the kingdom of God come and be established and outworked. A place where lives are transformed and eternities are changed for eternity. Um, It is a place where God is at work in power. And the potential of us coming together as living stones is just incredible. And John Piper says this, he says, it's true that each of us is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So each of us are an individual, unique stone, but... There is more of God to be known and enjoyed than anyone can know in isolation. We are being fitted together for a temple and for a dwelling of God by his spirit. There is a presence and power, and manifestation of the spirit of God meant to be known in this gathering of worship that we do not know at any other time in isolation. That's what the church is meant to be. It is this powerful place when we unite together as living stones. It is a place where the spirit of God, his presence and his power is outworked. And that is what we are part of building. And to wrap up this series, what I want to do is just move our focus from our individual identities to look at what can be achieved when we unite together. Um, And we're going to just hear from a few people about what God is doing when we unite, bringing our living stone, what God can do in and through us to see Himself demonstrated and displayed to the world, and how we can help connect other people to their identity. So, is that okay this morning if we hear from those people? Could you please put your hands together for Amy, Andrea, and Tom as they come to the stage? amazing um so hello um could you please just introduce yourself um, and say what area of church you are involved in building
2: yes so my name is amy uh, i'm the youth pastor here along with my husband greg
3: <laughs> <laughs> that would be greg chewing himself um so i'm, I'm andrea i'm married to ian we we head up <laughs> Um, we head up um, CityServe, which is our um, community outreach. Um, so whether that is work in the rehabs, our release groups, um, a fresh start, our, uh, our money course, um, work out on the streets, um, trying to create connection points for people, particularly that don't have um, experience of church. Good.
0: Yeah, exactly. My name's Tom, and I oversee our live kids clubs across the One Church Network. Excellent. No cheer. Come on, guys, you can do better than that. <laughs>
1: Okay, so um, in talking about identity and helping um, connect people with their true identity in Jesus, what are some of the challenges that you face in the area that you're um, serving in and helping in? What are some of the challenges that you face um, within identity um, and the differences and the things that we're trying to do as a church to help connect people with their true identity? So the challenges that you face and things we're doing to help them.
0: Um, yeah. Okay, I guess, Phil, um, from a kid's point of view, is that we are trying to create a programme that is not just fun and, um, or yay, um, but that has content where kids can meet with God. Because the only way you can really try and your f- find your true identity is by meeting Jesus. Um, <clears throat> so every week, um, across our expressions, that's what we're trying to do. Um, and the biggest challenge in that is the world, because what we're trying to do is do something that is polar opposite to the world. So, the world generally says now, you're a failure, you're rubbish, you've got to do this, this, and this to be something. Whereas we're saying, no, you don't. Mm. Meet with Jesus, because He is everything. Um, It's a really simple philosophy that we try and ingrain into children. But that's our biggest challenge, I think, is that it's so polar opposite to what the world says. Um, We had a boy that um, has just gone through Alive and he'll be joining youth soon. And he was written off by the education system. He'd gone through three or four different schools, kicked out because he was too naughty. Um, And the social worker that was working with him um, brought him along to Alive here on a Tuesday night. Um, And he was a challenging challenging individual. He was an interesting character. But he had just been written off by his family and by society in general. um, And ended up in this school that was effectively there to manage his behaviour. He came along to Alive, um, came along to Kids Camp um, and ended up falling in love with Jesus. Just yeah. amazing miracle. And through that, um, yeah, brilliant, yeah. And through, through getting to know Jesus, he found his identity and found out he wasn't a waste of space. He wasn't a failure. Um, he ended up getting integrated back into mainstream school, um, which never happens once yeah. the child is written off, written off and written off, yeah. he got back into mainstream school, and we we'll were going to a mainstream secondary school this September. That's so, good. Um, yeah. so yeah.
3: Um, So so for us and for the work that that we do or we represent in church and the many volunteers behind us, um, so many people don't even have experience of church to start off with or, or, or very little even thinking about God. So they might go to church when it's a wedding or a funeral and they will have that traditional view and they think that's what church is. So that's our first thing, isn't it? That if we don't get out there, if we don't not only show God with our actions but with our words as well, um, and, and draw people closer, um, then, then those people won't know Jesus. We're, we're there to bring them closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all of us, isn't it? In our workplaces, in our schools, in our colleges. You know, that We've got to be brave enough and don't worry about offending people, but you know, in, in a respectful way, share our faith. So that's our first thing. Um, when people come through these doors, you guys are really scary. Because coming in, and you'll remember the first time you came into church where I don't quite know how to belong, I don't know quite what to say, what to wear, what, who will I speak to? We can be a noisy bunch, and that can scare some people as well. Um, but that sense of um, people can think that we've all got it all together. And we know we haven't. Yeah. We know that we're all a work in progress. We know that we're all broken in some different ways, um, and yet, uh, people can judge and think, well, if they really know what I'm like, they won't let me come in the building again. Um, I've had people ask me, how do I... How, do I uh, how am I allowed to come on a Sunday? What do I have to do to be able to come on a Sunday? Like, honestly, genuine. Um, so there's that whole experience. Um, it, together with, um, for many of the people that we work with, Um, there is such huge trauma in the back of their lives, such huge things that have gone on where they've got real genuine questions of, where on earth was God in the middle of that? Why did God let that happen to me? Why did God not intervene? And that's not an easy question to answer. Um, Together with um, these like trauma glasses where, because I've been through this, I think differently. So you might tell me I'm beautiful, but I don't hear that. I hear something different. You might tell me, oh, you could just try that. And I hear, no, I can't. You have no idea what I'm like. I'm a failure. I can't do this. It's all right for you, but it's not all right for me. So this huge, huge um, effect of this uh, often horrendous stuff that people have gone through. and, and through that it's just being, just being patient and just taking people at their face value I love the way that as a church we've changed so much in the last couple of years that as a church you are all welcome team, you all welcome people yeah. in, you all um, don't judge people and accept them on their face value but, but as well you are um, you will get alongside people and just encourage them step and step yeah. um, at a time yeah, so. um, you asked as well about um, about what it would change yeah. in their identity. Um, well, I've seen firsthand the the hold that some of this stuff can have. So I've seen firsthand the, 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 the grip that the devil can have over drugs and alcohol in particular um, and the devastation that it can bring in people's lives that rips a family apart that takes children away from their parents, that 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 child is now being brought up by somebody completely different. And what effect does that have on that child? And what effect does it have on that child's child? Mm. And then we've seen the complete opposite. So we're in the business as a church... Of breaking generational changes, of putting families back together, of restoring hope, of for people who have who can't think about what their future might be, of, of having that hope and having that, yeah, maybe this is for me. You know, because the gospel either works for all of us, or it works for none of us, and we're all wasting our time here. God can either completely turn anybody's life around or it doesn't work. So um, I love the picture. Um, So Isaiah 61, where it talks about um, swapping ashes for a crown of beauty. And you've got to be able to like hold it. You've got to be able to like, you know, accept that, haven't you? Um, The picture of Will and Laura a couple of weeks ago who got married. Um, And... um, their life put back together, from a life of, a life of prison, of, of um, serious, serious drug use, to a complete life turned around. Now, most of that is not work we've done. We've only known them for a couple of years. But seeing them in their restoration, and seeing them at their wedding, about to walk out into a new life with their little girl holding their hands in the middle of them. Yeah. Because her life has changed because their yeah. lives changed because God's got hold of them.
1: Beautiful.
2: So good. So aim the same within youth. Yeah. So um, like it was mentioned in one of the videos earlier, um, our youth can quite often not know where they fit and like l- they're trying to learn wh- where do I fit? Where, who am I? Like, oh, 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 and it often becomes this big, big thing, and. Um, quite often, to make it easier, they take on the labels that sometimes they've said over themselves or sometimes other people from many different areas. And it becomes embedded in them. It doesn't become this, all oh, they've said that over me. It becomes, I'm anxious. I feel like this. I am this. And it, doesn't beca- it becomes so big that that's all they can see that they are. They can't see that God says, no, you, you are loved. No, I do say this over you no you are chosen Mm. you belong Mm. and just helping them break those chains and break that thought mentality of they've said that over me so that's what i am Mm. to go in no 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 let's take your perspective from here move it all the way around here this is what god says over you and this is who you are not what they say this is what god says so good
1: i love that um and Like, just to honour you guys, I know you, like you said, Andrea, like, you guys represent tons of other volunteers, but, like, just honouring you guys in in what you're doing to help facilitate that, that is incredible. Um, Do you have, like, one story to leave us with of maybe somebody in particular who has grasped who they are, uh, found their identity, and how that has just, like, transformed their life?
2: Yeah, so um, this one gets me a little bit sometimes. So I used to be part of Tom's team in Alive, um, and I've seen many, many kids, um, and then they've gone off to youth. And one of them, um, he's still in youth, and I see him on a weekly basis. But back when he was year five, he used to throw tables at me, he threw chairs at me, he called me all sorts of names. Uh, I won't repeat them. And it was a child who came from a non-Christian home and was written off by a lot of people. Um, didn't really feel loved, didn't feel like he belonged, so just did whatever. What's the point in doing anything good? To then handing him off to youth and not seeing him for three years. I came in September, so I've only been doing youth since September, and seeing this change of how we day in and day out say, God loves you, God's chosen you, you belong, to now. Like, he did work experience here for a week because he was like, I don't want to go anywhere else. Like, I just want to be in church. I want to be with God. And he questions us. Like, he keeps asking us questions, and we're like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to go back to God and ask him. And it's just amazing to see this transformation of a boy who would throw tables and chairs at his leader to yeah. someone who goes, totally respect you. And he's up here, first thing on a Friday, and he's like, right, what can I do? Can I go on to Can I do this? Can I do that? And seeing the servant heart, and a heart who knows who he is, and a heart who knows
3: who God's <laughs> called him to be. Love um, I, I love the fact that um, in church we've got so many people on so many different points of their journey um, and it's such a privilege to you know that whole thing of living stones and fitting together um, so um, there are so many people that we could talk about um, that we've seen lives transformed and often not from what not from even anything we've done but just God has just done something and we, you're just privileged to watch what God's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there's uh, one of my friends um, who's um, one of the Nelson workers and um, we got to know her probably about 18 months ago um, who, um, who came into church because she was going to give God 90 tries. God had 90 times to persuade her whether he was real or not. <laughs> um, and so she came in from that And um, she started off with, um, God God and I were pretty cool, but I really don't know about this Jesus guy. I really don't know. I like relationship with a Jesus guy. What is that about? And she started on this journey of asking the toughest questions in the bluntest way. And she doesn't (laughs) mind me saying that because I've asked permission first. Um, To, um, yeah, okay, I think I believe in this Jesus guy. okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to read my Bible. Yeah, uh, but I'm never being baptised. So, okay, I'm being baptised. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and this, um, uh, to now going on a mission in, in a month so or two's good. time, um, to being a, um, an active part of our church and life group. But, but what that says to other people that are further back in the journey, who were just starting, to our girls that are in our one church house, so our two residents at the minute, that are in our house who are being mentored every week, who are out on volunteering and training and beginning to try and find an identity and beginning to discover God and beginning to just dream about the hope that says hey this stuff works because I'm five years further down the line from you and this is what God's now done in my life and I love we're all part of that We're all part in our vulnerability and our openness, in us giving the time to people to explore and find out what God's doing, um, and that gentle, gentle encouragement. For some people, coming straight to Jesus is just too much. They just need that handheld That a step nearer, a step nearer, a step nearer until they can connect with Jesus and that they can then discover that complete new identity. Um,
0: Yeah, I'll talk about a guy that most of you guys will know. He's he's eight years old um, and he's a Christian guy. He's grown up in church, lovely Christian family, part of this church. Um, Yeah. He struggled with his identity. It's possible for, for kids to grow up in church in a loving environment where they are championed but still struggle. And this one particular lad um, came to kids camp um, and he didn't really engage this year at kids camp. He was, he's, he's always been quite a shy and fearful lad on the, on the fringes of what we do, never immersing himself in what we do because fear like, runs his life and is entwined in his identity. He came along to one of our sessions at camp this year um, and learned a bit about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do in your life and how, how the Holy Spirit can empower you to do what God wants you to do. And immediately got filled. He, he connected with Jesus in a new way that, yeah. that as, as a kids leader, I've, I've never seen actually happen like that yeah. um, without us really trying to coach and, and help. Um, happen like that. And straight away his life changed um, at camp. Um, the next day he immersed himself into absolutely everything he went from the the shy guy on the side to the leader that was saying come on guys let's get involved Um, in the blink of an eye transformed Um, but it wasn't just like an impact thing and then he's forgotten about it three or four months later he's still like that you see he, he was speaking to me before summer and he said to me Tom um, I think that we don't have enough chance to do the Holy Spirit stuff in Alive on a Sunday. Um, can we change that? What, this is an eight-year-old kid um, who's, who's confronting me on that. He feels that we don't do enough Holy Spirit um, impartation and explain of it in kids on a Sunday. Um, his identity changed at camp, um, and he's living it out. In fact, he's tried to challenge his leaders on it too. Um, so yeah, that's my story to leave you guys with.
1: I love that so um, last question what is something that we as a church can be praying for for you
0: I guess from a kid's point of view is to pray for um, longevity so that we believe God will change identities we believe that kids will find Christ Um, but for longevity um, so that when stuff does change in a kid's life and they realise like actually um, God loves me and I'm chosen I'm called um, that that lasts forever Um, and that as they grow up They don't forget what God says about them and go back into old ways of Mm -hmm. your failure. This is what the world says, because the world is very difficult now. Um, So I guess from a kid's point of view, longevity, that lives will be changed for good, forever. Yeah,
3: Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for us, um, in in all the different ministry areas that um, CityServe represent, That people will discover their identity, their their identity in God, particularly in the house as well, um, that the girls will discover um, who they are. Um, And then, just on a practical thing as well, we've got two empty bedrooms and we need them filled. So, can you partner with us and pray those extra residents in? Because we we don't just want to be working and changing two lives, we want to be working four lives in that intensive way. Um, And so, uh, partner with us in that as well. Great.
2: For us as youth, it be so. We have a vision that every member, every teenage kid, every youth that walks in through our doors feels loved, feels like they belong, and experiences a place of freedom. So, can you just pray into that? Help us to create that place. Help God give us wisdom to create that, um, so that they feel loved, they experience freedom, and they feel that they belong, and then they can carry that out with them.
1: Amazing.
2: We can do that, can't we? Um. Should we just pray for these guys now
1: is that okay um so definitely take those things away and keep praying for these guys and the teams that they represent the generations that they represent as well but um do you guys want to stand and if you want to join in prayer you can just reach a hand out um and let's pray for these guys and everybody that they represent Yeah, god we thank you so much um, for what is represented in these three here thank you for the generations that are being impacted god we thank you for the lives that are being changed and these amazing stories that we've heard of people discovering their identity in you i thank you that you use even the little that we have and just use it to completely change people um, and we just declare over these areas over these guys that um, the best is totally yet to come, and God, we haven't seen you um, do what you want to do yet. Like we haven't even begun to see the miracles that you want to um, perform. God, we haven't even begun to see the lives that you want to change, the um, the amount of kids that are going to come to know you because of what these guys are doing. And God, we pray that over this new season, as everything kicks back in um, in September, God, we pray that we would see new kids come through the doors, new young people come through the doors, that we would see um, salvation. God, that we would see people connecting um, with who you are and who you say that they are we pray that we would see lives changed and God we pray that this house will be filled we pray for these two residents who are waiting, just waiting to be connected with us, that the, that the opportunity will be made for them to come in be connected and to find their true identity in you, in Jesus name we pray, Amen can you give these guys a round of applause thank you so much I love that I love hearing like um, like Jesus Jesus works, like Jesus is at work, isn't he? I love hearing how people's lives are being changed by meeting Jesus. It's nothing to do with us, but Jesus just transforms people's lives. And um, what I love is that um, this church and what these guys represent are hundreds of other people doing exactly the same as them, hundreds of other volunteers that are willing to bring their stone and use it to be built into something bigger than themselves, use it to make an impact bigger than themselves. And this church isn't built on one big stone of John and Louise. Uh, It's not just built on a few keystones of key leaders, but this church, this spiritual house, is built upon hundreds and hundreds of living stones, all sorts of different shapes and sizes. We've got big stones, little stones, intelligent stones, learning stones, smooth stones, wrinkly stones, all sorts of shapes and sizes, but each and every stone being brought and people bring in their gifts, people bring in their abilities, people bring in their weaknesses, their questions, their lack, to be able to be used to be building this picture of who Jesus is, to display who he is so that people can discover their identity in him. And God wants to use every single one of us to be part of this picture. In Ephesians 2, it says God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. And so my encouragement is that Jesus wants your stone. God wants to use your gifts, your abilities, what you have to offer, regardless of your weaknesses, regardless of how you got here, regardless of your past, regardless of the questions that you still have, the doubts that you still have. God wants to use you to build this house and make a difference. And when we unite together, stone by stone, brick by brick, the potential of that is incredible because the present and power and spirit of god fills that to be able to achieve far more than we can ever achieve alone and so imagine what this church not the building but what this church could look like if every single one of us uh, brought our gift and if church on a Sunday every single one of us came with a gift of prophecy a gift of healing a gift of faith a gift of miracles of words of wisdom and knowledge because we know that we are part of building this spiritual house and God wants to use us and what he has given us imagine the lives that will be transformed because of that and imagine as we go from this place on a Sunday and carry those living stones into our workplace Imagine if we brought or had the audacity to believe that God would use our gift out in the community beyond these four walls. Imagine what would happen if we were brave enough to live out to this identity in the community. Imagine if we all became, like Peter said, this holy priesthood says you're being built into a spiritual house a holy priesthood and he was referring to the times with the israelites in the old testament they had lots of different tribes and one tribe was given the job of doing all the priestly things doing the worship stuff and serving in the tabernacle and that but peter says now you are one tribe You are one priesthood, a royal priesthood so that every single one of you has the responsibility to bring your worship, to bring your gift, to minister and serve and proclaim the goodness of God and be able to preach to the people around you. Every single one of us are making this spiritual house, becoming this royal priesthood. We don't have to wait for the worship team to lead us. We don't have to wait for the preacher to get up on stage, but if every single Sunday we arrive as living stones knowing that we have been made alive in Jesus thankful for his goodness and his grace knowing that we have our identity in him imagine what could take place imagine what God could do through his church imagine and it takes every single one of us without your stone the picture is incomplete And God, the great architect, has dreamt plans and blueprints of what this church, this body of people could look like. And you are written into that plan. And the dreams and plans that he has for your life are far too big for you to try and attempt them by yourself it requires us to unite together and see what he can do in and through us. A spiritual house, a holy priesthood. And I just allowed myself to dream a little bit about what this church could look like if we did that. Like what this place would look like if we all brought our living stones. And this is what I wrote this week. That when we bring our living stones, this house called One Church becomes so much more than a building or a collection of individuals. But it becomes a place where hope is restored, where purpose is found and freedom is secured. It becomes a place where sick people come in and are healed. It becomes a place where chains are broken and lives are transformed. It becomes a place where the gates of hell cannot stand against what God is doing, the miracles he is performing, the lives he is changing, the generations that he is raising up, the addictions that he is healing and the eternities that are being changed changed forever, I want to be part of building that house and it takes every single one of us. And so my challenge at the end of this series is are you living out your identity in unity or isolation? Maybe you feel like you've kind of disconnected yourself or you feel like you've isolated yourself because of fear and a sense of inadequacy, like, I don't even know what I've got to offer. Maybe it's that you've been hurt by other people, by other living stones, and this bitterness or this um, unforgiveness has just caused you to draw back, or maybe just tiredness and apathy has got the best of you. But my encouragement... This week is to do something practical to connect back in again to this house. And you can do that in so many different ways by even just like texting some friends and saying, can we just get together and encourage each other and talk about what God's doing in us? Maybe join a life group, book in for We Are One, sign up to be part of a team here. And if you feel like you're pretty connected like you're you're good in that area, you are one of these living stones, then my encouragement is is not to have to do more, but how can you bring more to what you do? How can you bring more to the areas in which you serve? How can you bring more here on a Sunday? How can you be more priestly in what you do? Bring in your gift, bring in your worship, bring in your word of encouragement. When you go into work tomorrow, how can you bring more to your workplace? Because you are a living stone made alive to build a spiritual house that represents Jesus to this community. And um, at the close of this series, I just want to be able to pray for us. And Peter says, um, as you come to him, the living stone, you are being built into this house. And for some of you here like you, this may be your first time in church and you've never even thought about god being an option in your life but my encouragement is like it says just come to him as you come to jesus he builds you into this house and you can simply do that this week by just praying uh jesus if you are there like we heard andrea saying about deb's like god i'm gonna give you a shot i'm gonna give you a go jesus if you're there I want to know about it. And watch as he starts to shape you, as he starts to mold you bit by bit. And you can become a living stone, alive to who he is and what he is doing, being built into the bigger purpose and plan that he has for your life. Can we stand together just as we finish today? And, um... I just want us to take a moment just to think about, are there areas of my life where I've become a bit isolated? Or are there areas where I can bring more and allow God just to be able to pinpoint that in your life? Or pray that prayer for the first time. Jesus, if you are there, then I want to know about it. Let's take a moment with him. Just felt like God saying that the plans that he has for this church, the plans that he has for your life are too big and too important for your excuses. The plans that he has for your life are too big for the excuses of you're not good enough, for the excuses of your past, the excuses of what other people have done to hurt you. His plans are too big and too important for those excuses. So lay them down. I want to thank you for what you're doing with this spiritual house, with this collection of living stones. God I thank you that we have been made alive that we have been saved and forgiven that we are loved unconditionally and that you have got a greater purpose that goes beyond us as individuals but you are building us into a picture that displays and demonstrates who you are and I just pray for us God as we um, finish this series that we would recognise who we are in you and that we would live that out that day by day we would bring what you have given us we would bring our gifts, that we would bring our worship, that we would be this royal priesthood to see your kingdom outworks, to see lives being changed, to connect people with their true identity in you. So God, we pray that you would seal this word in us today and let it change our tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, Amen.
0: Come on, you can give Amy a bigger round of applause than that. That was a brilliant message.